Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today, we're speaking with Michelle Yannick, all about recruiting that next generation of accountability professionals, students, young professionals, and some tips and techniques that chapters can use. And Michelle's been an AGA member and leader for a long time, so she has some great ideas. And without further ado, let's talk to Michelle. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. All right, so on this lovely Friday morning, we uh, have our guest here, Michelle Yannick, and we're going to be talking about how to recruit that next generation. So, uh, Michelle, how are you doing this morning? Great, Paul. How are you? Doing great. So why don't we just start off, uh, you know, just introduce yourself a little bit to uh, the audience here. I mean, you're very active in the AGA community, but uh, please uh, go ahead and just introduce yourself. Sure. Um, from a professional standpoint, I've been with the Bureau of Public Debt Fiscal Service for 19 years, and I'm currently a manager of our grants and loans branch and our shared services sector. I first was introduced to AGA back in 2005 at a professional development conference when our Bureau uh, had a marketing booth there for the shared services that we offered. And I really enjoyed being involved in what AGA stood for. So a group of us actually started our a local chapter here in the West Virginia, Parkersburg, West Virginia area in 2008. And it's called the Mid-Ohio Valley AGA. And we struggled at first to get people involved because it was sort of new. So at that point, I wore a lot of different hats. I was everything from secretary, treasurer, president, committee chairs. But I had <clears throat> senior management support. And a, a few others that, you know, we put in some hard work and were very determined. And now we're a very active chapter with 70 plus members. I did take it to the next level. And I've recently served a two-year term on the National Governing Board and the National Council Chapters. So really believe in AGA and what they what they stand for and what they do. Very nice. I think we call you an AGA all-star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, again, we're here today to talk about you know, what's the next generation of accountability professionals? What are some things that I think your chapter has been doing a lot to attract, you know, young professionals, uh, students um, to the workforce and to AGA, and they kind of go together. And uh, just wanted to talk about that, give other chapters some hints and tips and employers and, uh, you know, just want to go over that. So I thought you'd be a great guest for that. So why don't we jump in into it? Yeah. So um, just high level, my first uh, question for you, you know, why, you know, why do you all feel that it is important to really focus on the YPs, the young professionals? Is it just an overall aging workforce or good to get them early or what, what's your philosophy there? Well, it, it is. We, we do have an aging workforce and I'm part of that baby, baby boomer um, tail end of that. And, uh, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have phones or social media. So people did join organizations to network and to be together. And that was the, that was a thing that you did in, in business and industry. And we're seeing a lot and I'm a lot involved in quite a few organizations, but we're seeing that young professionals really aren't interested in becoming members of chapters. Uh, but one thing that we have found, though, if there's something in it for them, then they seem to have uh, a little interest. So they and they're looking to contribute to the greater good. They're passionate about contributing to charities and community service work, or at least that's our experience here in our chapter. 
So currently we have one of our young professionals coordinating a, a share the warmth and teen drive where they've worked with the local high schools to collect blankets and personal hygiene items for teens that, um, if you will, they, they surf couches, you know, they're, they're bouncing from house to house. And so we're collecting things currently. And we had somebody step up, one of the young professionals step up because they want to feel like they're making a difference. So we are, we try to get to them while they're in college. So we have a few local colleges that our chapter has gotten into, worked with the professors and got in front of the, the students. And so you get to them before they enter the workforce and you try to keep their attention, get them involved in committees, because if, if you ask them to join and you just let them sit there, they're not going to be engaged at all. So you really have to reach out and, and pair them up with somebody who's a little bit more senior um, and create those opportunities for the networking and leadership uh, because they do have a lot to share with, with the, uh, I say, older generation, aging generation, like the technology, social media. I mean, I rely on our younger generation to do our website and, and you know, the LinkedIn and Instagram and all that stuff. So, um, you know, you just got to get them involved and try to get to them early. Right. So, and again, what is your observation of the market, so to speak? You know, well, I guess two two things. You know, what skill sets are you looking for as an employer um, from, you know, uh, entry-level folks? And also, I mean, what are you seeing are some of the skills that, that are coming out of the schools right now or the younger professionals? Excuse me. Um, certainly technology, but what we're seeing is data science is really the wave of the future, and analytics. So if it, and I'll be honest, we probably need to work with those colleges or at least locally to make sure that they're teaching that um, in, in getting those accounting professor, professions uh, to offer those types of classes uh, in their curriculum because they are, they are young professionals are tech savvy. Um, and what we see is they'll take old information that's boring, stale, or in an old antiquated Excel file and you show them and they'll present it in a more appealing usable format because they're just, they're just savvy with that type of technology, if you will. So I think we still need the accounting foundation. There's no question that you need to understand accounting if you're going to be in that profession, but they also need to couple that with data science and analytics um, going forward. So. Right. No, totally makes sense. Um, I know we're all, trying to get, learn that ourselves now. And it's just much easier when they can come out of school with that, that skill set ready to go. Um, right, right, but, right. But, well, and one other thing, I, sorry, I did want to add that um, presentation and communication skills uh, are key. And I think that needs to be emphasized as well, being able to present that financial or any information by telling the story and providing the support um, to, to leadership because, and I see it in my kids and that younger generation that they're on their phones. They don't have that communication skill to, to go and to present. Um, so that is something else that I think needs to be emphasized as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a lot of folks sitting at home or, you know, on their on their phones all day may not be communicating with people in real life. So that's always a challenge. Right. Correct. Um, so. Why don't we get into a little bit about, you know, some things that your chapter has done or recommendations you'd have for other chapters and, you know, the workforce too, you know, your, your actual employer, but you know, how do you get the message out there to, to people, you know, to make them aware 
about AGA, about government accountability work at all? Like, how do you raise awareness of that? Well, we've had some success by um, going to the local colleges, working with the accounting professors uh, when they have their job fairs. We'll ask if we can have a booth there, and typically we have one that sits right next to fiscal service. So they're they're working on recruiting um, employees, and then our booth is is working on sharing that information about what AGA is, you know, who who we are, what we do. Um, so definitely trying to get out into the local community. We have uh, our local website that we promote as well, and then just trying it through some of the community service. You know, we'll sponsor a um, oh, there are five Ks. It's like a winter series of our our local running club, and we'll make a donation, and then we get our name on the back of the sweatshirt. So you know, it's just creating that awareness out there, um, you know, to to the community. But uh, and then once we get into the colleges, <clears throat> we've had sessions on how to write resumes for government jobs how to create uh, a USA Jobs account. And we actually sit there and do hands-on coaching. I mean, we went in with computers and laptops or we asked them to bring theirs. And, you know, we had instructions from AGA and, and signed them up as students, uh, what do you call it? student members, mm -hmm. which is actually free for, for college students. And then we had sessions. We said, bring your resume. If you had one, if not, we'd create one from scratch. We told them what is important to be in a resume. And then the other thing that we do to those students is we share with them, like, that the scholarships that are available by AGA and, and, and contests like the CCR contest, uh, again, just to create that awareness, if you will. Right. And, um, and how about, you know, so, so you go to the, the, the job fairs and you get involved with the colleges. Um, you know, what, what is your feel on the state of some of the actual accounting classes in the universities? I mean, are they bringing up government topics? Is there anything you guys do along those lines? We do. That's another thing. We actually have some of our local employees uh, that are adjunct teachers. They go out to the local colleges and we'll teach some government accounting classes, but we have stressed, at least in our area and community, because the Bureau is such a big employer here, that they need to bring in government accounting classes. And, and that really hasn't been in their curriculum in the past. So it definitely is getting there, but that is with us working with them and and even being offer, offering to teach some of those classes. So we have we have one of our members, he's teaching the CGFM, courses at a local university for credit, you know, so it's actually college credit and he's broken it up into three semesters. And then it, excuse me, at the end of the semester that, you know, they take the tests um, and then they'll, they'll have their CGFM certification at the end. So that was something new that we've working on and, and doing this year and that's going really well. So. Yeah, that's great. Cause it really isn't, I mean, you know, there's no CGFM is the only, government accounting cert out there and you know cpa is obviously great but there's really very little government you know content in that it, it seems to be less every year so i'm happy you guys are right uh, and and yeah, yeah and uh, cgfm is i mean you know it is focused on this you know federal state and local government and that's what we need in the profession within the, the government sector is for people to know that because again yes not bashing cpa that's very important as well but that is very diverse i mean you're into tax and law and and stuff that 
isn't really where we're focused on. So we, we need that generation to, you know, understand what this certification is. And we do promote that very heavily. Uh, we probably have about 40 CGFMs within our bureau because we have made that available uh, training classes too. So we're out there in the colleges, but we also offer and bring in the, the training classes to our bureau for people to take those refresher trainings and um, to get certified. So very supported by the bureau. Yeah, that's great. So outside of the university world, you know, what do you all do as far as now once you recruited some of these folks and maybe they're in the chapter, they have a student membership or YP membership, you know, what kind of things uh, are kind of focused toward the the YPs there in the chapter? Well, we do encourage the students to be active participants in the chapter, uh, volunteering for the chapter events. Again, they want to get something out of it. So we try to look at what, you know, we talk to them, you know, what are your skill sets? What do you want to be involved in? Do you want to, you know, be the treasurer elect? Do you want to learn how to do that? Do you want to be in charge of one of the community service, you know, or be on a, a committee? You don't have to chair it, you know, because again, they're new, they may not have those leadership skills. So they want to, to you know, be under somebody. And we have some very seasoned members that have taken some of these uh, young professionals under their wing and actually worked with them to mentor them. And uh, we are seeing just this year and, and we're getting ready to nominate our officers for next year. We've seen some of them willing to step up and actually chair. So I do think it takes that um, little bit of extra effort on a chapter's part to recruit them and get them in and to you know, make sure you call them, even though it's on their calendar, say, hey, are you coming to the meeting today? You know, we're going to be talking about this and just really keep them engaged. Um, and, and, and the other benefit, you know, from our standpoint is we have some of our senior management that are members and they'll come to our events. So it's an opportunity for those young professionals to be seen uh, and, and show some of the leadership skills that they have. And, and be noticed by the management. So when there are opportunities within the actual workforce, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that person did a really good job creating the, you know, coordinating the spring forum or doing this community service drive, and they recognize the name. And obviously, they have to be qualified for the job. But, you know, when it comes down to two people that are equally qualified, if you have seen the work of somebody, I mean, that always gives you the edge and, um and, and we've seen that in our chapter, you know, there was somebody, one of our employee or members was the president of the chapter and had a supervisor opportunity come up and, uh, you know, he's now in the supervisory ranks. And I think some of that was attributed to the leadership that he showed um, in our AGA chapter. So, Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a little anecdote from my, my side. You can react to it, but, uh, you know, I, I came into AGA as a, young professional two category, I guess I think I called it early careers, but same thing. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And you know, my, I was early in my career and my manager said, Hey, you should uh, get involved with AGA, maybe get on the board. And I was like, Ooh, I can be on a board. I could be a board member. <laughs> it sounded pretty, <laughs> you know, it sounded pretty fancy to me. Um, and I went in there and they were very, you know, welcoming. Uh, I actually was on the board that first year as the early careers chair, strangely enough. Um, and, Honestly, for me, it was just a lot of fun because I had, you know, at least for no, for Nova, we were able to do a lot of events, happy hours, or just social things. 
Um, so I got to organize all of that. I had a budget. I had, you know, responsibilities. And it was just a great thing for a young professional to, to have that opportunity. And then I never left from there, right? So I've been here ever since 20 years or whatever it is. And I've seen a lot of my peers, you know, now they're running running things, right? Now, now they're the leaders. So I think that definitely hooked me in there. Yeah, and I think that is one of the benefits that AGA offers, I think all levels, but definitely for the young professionals is it creates those opportunities that you can take that leadership role, just as you explained there, and and you can do what you want with it. And, and you're not, you don't have to worry about failing. I mean, it's not like you're in your job that, I mean, you could get fired potentially if you, you know, didn't do well on a project. I mean, being in a a chapter like this that has a strong network um, allows you to take a little bit of those risks and, and, and try some things and see how they work. Um, You know, because we, we're here to pick the pieces up. I mean, if somebody's struggling, we're not going to let them struggle. We're going to say, Hey, you know, do you think about doing it this way? Or, you know, here are some other in the ways that maybe you can do it, but we also give them that latitude to, to try it on their own. You know, if you want to lead this, this committee, then, um, you know, come up with a plan, come up with what you want to do. Like you said, you know, you've got a budget to work with. And I mean, certainly COVID has been tough. We haven't had a lot of in-person uh, events. However, we have done a virtual spring forum that everybody had to take a piece in, you know, you had to help getting the speakers, help getting the accreditation from, you know, for the CPE. Uh, and, you know, so that was good. You know, we were able to try to do it virtually and, and, and bring them in, but I am anxious to get back into person um, at the AGA events and, and just share again and be able to share with people that networking experience because I've made a ton of great friends and colleagues over the years um, through AGA, and I look forward to doing more of that in the future. So, Agreed. Well, no, this has been great, so this is good. I, I thought we had some great tips for, for chapters, I and mean, I think it's important, obviously, to bring younger folks in and just, you know, there are so many things they can do as a chapter member, get some leadership experience early, just make some friends with government jobs and you can get one too, you know? So, and, yeah, and, yeah. But, but I think, go ahead. Yeah, no, it's just the, the key is just really getting them in early and, and keeping them uh, active and involved. I mean, don't, don't invite somebody, but I think that's with any level is if, you know, Hey, come be a member. Then nobody ever reaches out to you. And uh, then you feel left out and it's like, oh, I'm not getting anything out of this. So you've just got to get it from the beginning, you know, try to get them as they're entering the workforce or even like us, we get them before they enter the workforce as they're still students and, you know, work with them, you know, with their resumes. And we've actually hired some of the students that uh, became student members because, uh, you know, they, they had the skill set, they had a resume that was good. And, um, you know, and we, all the other thing we did work with them on interviewing skills. So we've we've actually seen some benefit of actually getting into the colleges because we've been able to hire some of those students. Absolutely, no, and uh, again, I encourage all YPs get involved on the, on those committees, get involved with AGA, and uh, 
you know, you'll meet all all of us that are doing this for a living, and hopefully you guys come along with us. But uh, but Michelle, it's been great having you as a guest, so, and I appreciate it. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you learned some great ideas as far as recruiting goes, and uh, how to keep folks coming in to the accountability world, and bring them into AGA, and one big happy family. Have them listen to some podcasts. You know where to go. AGACGFM.org Podcatchers. And until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Accountability Talks.